Hello, I'm Peter Mitchell, and welcome to CUDA's series of podcasts specially designed to inform and support member credit unions. In this episode, I'm joined by Porik Rush, CEO of Initiative Ireland, and Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA. Today, we're going to talk about a partnership between CUDA and Initiative Ireland, which has resulted in the approval of a new regulatory fund that will enable credit unions to financially support approved housing bodies in the delivery of social and affordable housing. It's the first such fund to be approved and aims to lend up to 600 million euros to AHBs, resulting in the delivery of thousands of much-needed new homes over a 10-year period. So, Porik, this is a pretty exciting development. Can you tell us a little bit about Initiative Ireland, the type of work you do, and how this new fund fits in? Sure, I can do, Peter. Yeah. Uh, Initiative Ireland is a value-based finance company. We were set up six years ago to deliver social and environmental impact through financial innovation. Um, Historically, we've lent to experienced property developers to help deliver energy-efficient, social and affordable housing, many of which were sold to approved housing bodies. Um, We lend on behalf of an impact investor community, which enables private clients and pensions to lend alongside our corporate and institutional clients. We work with some of the largest debt funds globally and have exclusive mandates to lend over 900 million to developers over the next three years. So now, thanks to the partnership with CUDA, we will be able to also uh, lend to approved housing bodies um, directly, providing them with more flexible and competitive funding solutions and also enabling credit unions to access a new asset class. Wow. Okay. That's pretty, pretty decent. Kevin, could you just take it from the um, credit unions perspective? You know, why, why choose to get involved? How did the partnership come about? A little bit of history on it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks, Peter. Yeah. And uh, hi, Pari Katal. Um, yeah, Peter, this, well, as you're, you're, I'm sure you're aware, this has almost been uh, eight years in the making um, to get the permission for credit unions to support housing initiatives. Um, and ideally, we wanted to do this through syndicated lending. But what we did get in the end was a central bank uh, amend, uh, approval where they amended the investment regulations to permit credit unions to invest in a fund which in turn would specialise in lending to uh, Tier 3 AHBs. So to do it right, uh, we knew we needed uh, to to find a partner who had uh, specialist lending and who understands this market. So ideally, uh, we also wanted to work with a firm that had um, a similar ethos and a focus on ESG and financial inclusion. Um, So a number of parties were recommended and... um, However, we we were delighted uh, when we spoke with, um, uh, sorry, a number of parties actually recommended Initiative Ireland to us. And we were, you know, absolutely delighted when we met with Porik and his team. And, you know, really from day one, it was a good fit. And um, we've, we've been working very well together. So I suppose social and affordable housing finance, it's a very natural fit for credit unions. It really does, you know, it makes sense for credit unions to support AHBs in the good work that they're doing. And, you know, also they're, you know, again, not-for-profit organizations and they're very focused on, on delivering social good. So it's it's a great opportunity uh, for credit unions to put members' uh, funds to work uh, towards community development while also um, offering a, a good competitive return relative to alternatives. 
Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Porik, I'm sure, you know, there's lots of uh, credit union CEOs and uh, board members who will listen to this. Maybe just give them a, a sense of the type of, you know, the type of loans the fund will offer. Yeah, so the fund will be able to lend to tier three AHBs, um, as Kevin mentioned, and they are the larger approved housing bodies. We're looking to provide them with both development finance, where they are building their own schemes, and also acquisition finance to commission and purchase both social and affordable housing schemes. Okay, so it 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 covers it covers both, and obviously the AHBs themselves they have a you know a decent track record in terms of delivering homes and that you know. Will this fund will this fund be different to what's been offered before by others? Yeah, absolutely. So AHBs historically were financed by the Housing Finance Agency, which provides long-term social housing mortgages. We don't aim to compete with that. Instead, we want to offer them additional funding options and models. So today, a lot of the building in more rural locations across Ireland only take place where a purchaser is lined up in the background like an AHB. So as a result, you tend to really only see social housing schemes um, in terms of large-scale developments in certain locations and a lack of supply of affordable housing. So the new fund will enable AHBs to continue to commission schemes, um, but both social, those schemes being both social and affordable housing going forward. And so AHBs will be able to play a broader role in housing supply. And ideally, we'll see more units brought to the market uh, for either rent or sale uh, in more rural communities uh, nationwide. It's actually just uh, just uh, just add to that, Peter. It's a very interesting point because you know, uh, uh, like Parik is saying there about the role of the AHBs, and it's really interesting in the uh, the recently launched uh, government plan, uh, Housing for All. It actually ups the role of AHBs. You know, where now the that figure in developments would be twenty percent for social and affordable. So, I, I, yeah, I think. Parik's dead right. There's a much bigger role for AHBs to play, so the the broader funding options will, will really help support that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And and Porik, Initiative Ireland, Cuda, you work together with uh, the Davy Fund Management and the Northern Trust to design and and launch the fund. Um, but how how do you how did you look, how did you you know go about testing the market to see if the fund would fit? Where did you see the opportunities? Yeah, so the regulation required a closed-ended debt fund, which means you create a supplement for approval today, and that has to define how the fund will be structured uh, and what it'll do for the lifetime of the fund. So one thing I was keen to do before we ever took pen to paper was to speak directly with the AHBs and the credit unions along with Kevin um, to validate what it is they actually wanted. And there was no point delivering something which met the regulatory standard but didn't suit credit unions or AHBs. And you think there's a there's, there's enough of a fit because you 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 ran a number of uh, yourself and Kevin ran a number of workshops with with the uh, CEOs of of a number of credit unions. What was the feedback from them? Yeah, so I guess the regulation allows you to create a twenty five year fund to lend to AHBs. So most would have assumed that we would be offering AHBs twenty five year mortgages, um, and because the fund has to be close ended under regulation, that would mean an investment term of twenty five years. We quickly realized, however, talking to AHBs, that they already have long-term mortgage co- mortgage finance covered from the Housing Finance Agency at low rates for longer terms. So there wasn't really a, a gap in that market. And at the same time, as much as credit unions wanted to support AHBs and access the new asset class, they preferred to start with an investment uh, term that was shorter. Um, 
So they, and they wanted a higher yield than a 25-year amortizing mortgage can offer. So based on that joint feedback, we went back to the drawing board and following discussion with all parties today, the fund is very different, um, offering something compelling to credit unions and AHBs. So as a 10-year fund, it will offer interest-only acquisition and development finance to AHBs to address their shorter-term funding requirements at competitive rates. So a very clear market gap on that side. And by doing this, it will also be able to offer credit unions a more competitive return with an initial term of 10 years, um, with making it much more accessible to um, more credit unions. Okay. Okay. So it's so it's quite bespoke, really. It's, it, it certainly is, yeah. Um, exactly, Kev- yeah. Kevin, can you just expand how the investment will work from the credit union's perspective? You know, the number of credit unions that might participate, the size of funds that would typically come from them, and, and, and maybe that, a little bit on the time frame as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. From those, uh, those kind of focus groups that, that Parik was mentioning there, um, I mean, there was, there was fantastic feedback. And, and we, we would anticipate up to uh, about 100 credit unions, that we'd say, across the country will participate in, in this um, making making it you know the first credit union backed house building funds um, we aim to support uh, the delivery of about 10,000 homes over the next 10 years um, so you know it's quite ambitious in, in that sense um, from the regulatory point of view of what's permitted um, the credit unions um, they can invest in a fund that in turn provides finance to the tier 3 approved housing bodies um, minimum investment is 100,000 and then the regulator, regulations determine the maximum amount so which is uh, up to 50% of the regulatory reserve for those with assets over 100 million and 25% for those uh, with assets less than 100. So it, maybe it's best if we took say two simple examples so say a credit union with about uh, 200 million in assets well they could have an investment in this fund up to 10 million while a credit union say with uh, 50 million in assets could hold uh, investment up to 1.25 million. So as Parik said like you know we spent a lot of time talking to credit unions both um, CUDA members and others and um, to make sure that the solution is a good fit for both credit unions and the AHBs. So it may have taken a bit longer to do so, but uh, we believe it's definitely worth getting it right. Wow. It's, I mean, this is, this is substantial from a credit union perspective. So you, even the example that you quoted there, you're talking about them, you know, you know, where they have assets of 200 million investing potentially up to 10 million. And I assume once that 10 million is then repaid, they can just, they can roll it out, they can just do it again. So this, this will be ongoing. Yeah, and I, and I think maybe, you know, Parik would be very strong on this as well, that we, we this is the first venture, it's the first fund, and um, we will learn a lot, as indeed will the credit unions and the AHBs as the, the whole market evolves. Okay, okay. I mean, I could certainly, Parik, I'm probably more familiar with from a credit union perspective than, than from Initiative Ireland or from an AHB perspective. Uh, so I can see credit unions being, you know, keen enough. It's, it seems a, a good focus for, from their perspective. But in terms of the demand, in terms of the, the, the demand out there, is, is there sufficient demand to deliver 10,000 units over 10 years? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, absolutely. Um, for, I mean, from an investment perspective, we've definitely seen um, strong expressions of interest from the credit unions as well as expressions of interest from other institutional funders but we believe the credit union interest should be more than enough to meet the funds targets um, 
as as Kevin mentioned, it is the first initiative of its kind. So all eyes will be on the credit unions now to see if they can play a part in providing a, a sustainable source of funding for HBs. And ultimately, what we're targeting here is a thousand units a year, which is only around five percent of the housing shortfall. So while it is ambitious, it's it's very deliverable um, from what we've seen uh, in our track record of lending to um, developers and working with AHBs. Okay. And, you know, in terms of, in terms of type, time frame on this, do you, do you see, can, can you envisage a sort of a pipeline of, of demand that's, that is there already? Or is it something that you need to go and look for? Yeah. So um, I guess where we are now, uh, we're Initiative Ireland's team is busy engaging with approved housing bodies to line up projects uh, for the fund. We've, we've been having conversations now for over a year as well in the background. Um, but now that we're at this stage, we're really um, heating things up. Um, and at the same time, um, IFS UK is the fund distributor will be contacting those credit unions who've already made expressions of interest and providing them with a copy of the fund supplement or brochure. So um, <clears throat> as a, I guess, close-ended fund, there are specific uh, windows for subscription. Um, so the first one is now open. We hope to have close to 30 to 50 million in and around the next five to six weeks um, and to really start building from there. Okay, so this is this is really quite imminent. Yeah. Okay, I, I understand. Um, Kevin, just from 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 the credit unions, what what what's that? What's their next steps? What do they need to do if 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 they want to participate in this? Well, I, I think uh, when we did the initial sort of uh, round of focus groups, we we did gather a lot of um, expressions of interest, and um, as Porik is saying there and the plan there would be to go back to those credit unions so then they can expect to hear from um, from from Porik uh, very soon with the uh, investor details okay so so from their their perspective they they just need to come forward and say look this is this is how much we're we're willing to, to commit to this uh, and then once you put the i suppose the, put this the plan in place uh, that they, they then actually make the make the investment to that point yeah, so so effectively, um, we'll be providing the subscription documentation to the credit unions, um, which you know they'll review and commit the capital, um, and then as the projects are ready to close, we'll start to pull the capital in in tranches, um, and then the capital stays deployed for the the ten year period, as I mentioned. Um, so that is one of the benefits of the regulated fund that you know as as funds come back from loan A. We simply redeploy them into loan B. Um, so it's a case of getting the money out and keeping it out and active, um, you know, as long as we find sustainable risk-adjusted returns by working with the AHBs. Okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you, guys. So that concludes our podcast on the CUDA and the Initiative Ireland Partnership and the Housing Fund. And I hope it gives listeners a better understanding of the impact this could have on individuals and families looking for homes and on the fortunes of credit unions that choose to participate. I'd like to thank Porik Rush, CEO of Initiative Ireland, and Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA, for sharing their extensive knowledge on the subject. I hope you all found it of use. And if you did, don't forget to listen into our other podcasts in the same series. If you have any queries in relation to this, please contact Kevin at kevin.johnson at cuda.ie. Thank you.